0: I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is Tech Central's TCS Plus brought to you today by Dimension Data, soon, of course, to be NTT Data and Palo Alto Networks. Now, we're going to be talking SASE today. That's SASE as in S A S E. Uh, SASE is short for Secure Access Service Edge. And as I understand it, it's Basically, an architecture that delivers converged security and networking as a service. And I know I'm I'm probably massively undersimplifying that. But my my guests uh, on on an internet call today know much more about SASE than I do, and they're going to fill in the tech central audience today on uh, on what it is and why your organisation should be should be considering it. So, um, in no particular order, I'd like to introduce. My guest today, Padma Naidu, is uh, or leads the security practice in Dimension Data and has more than 15 years of experience in the field of resilience, including cyber resilience. She's joined by Lordek McCarthy. Uh, Lordek is Senior Security Solutions Architect in the Dimension Data Middle East and Africa business, and he has more than 16 years of experience in the information security field. And my third guest today is Ross Templeton, and he is a System Engineering Manager at Hello Alto Networks for sub Saharan Africa. Ross has more than two decades of experience in IT and telecommunications and has held senior technical and management positions at various large multinational vendors and system integrators. Padma, Lordek, Ross, welcome to Tech Central and thanks for the time.
1: Thanks so much, Duncan.
0: Great. Well, we're going to unpack all things Sassy today, and I'm looking forward to to learning more about Sassy. I've obviously heard the term before, but don't have a full insight into what it is and what it can do for organizations. So I'm going to be learning, I suspect, along with uh, uh, along with uh, uh, the Tech Central audience today. Um, Padma, introduced you first, so let, let me uh, direct the first uh, question to you, if I can. Um, how long have uh, Dimension Data and Palo Alto Networks worked together? Tell us a bit more about the. Strategic partnership between the two companies.
1: We've been doing work together for several years. The okay. managed networks services offering that we're speaking about today is um, one of the first global um, integrated service offerings that that we have. There's another that's in the in in production, in development at the moment. But both at a at a global level and at uh, a local level in South Africa, Palo Alto and Dimension Data, for years and years. Um, after that, branding to NTT, like you said, we are going blue. Um, we have been working on on several security solutions, um, which incorporate the. The best of breed technology from Palo Alto and the the wraparound services from Dimension Data.
0: Fantastic. All right, Lordek, I'm going to bring you in here. Let's 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 get sassy for a moment, uh, if you'll excuse the turn of phrase. Uh, what what is sassy exactly, um, um, and what does it mean for organisations? Why should they be considering it? Yeah.
2: So. um, SASE, S-A-S-E, like you said, um, it's essentially an emerging security framework uh, that combines various network security and wide area network capabilities into a single cloud-based service. So how this helps organizations is with the increase in remote remote, uh, workers and the cloud applications SASE helps organizations to then securely connect or authenticate these users from anywhere to any applications without the limitations of your traditional network perimeters. Um, and it does this by um, taking some of the key networking and security functionality that you have and combining it then into the single platform, essentially.
0: Okay. Ross, uh, I know business needs, business dem- the demands of business are are shifting, uh, maybe take us through some of the history of SASE and uh, and why it emerged uh, to help organizations in their journeys.
3: Sure, so Sassy as SASE, t- well, the term SASE was really founded by Gartner a few years ago. Um, and as Lord said, it's, re- it's an architecture a framework um, of a network and a security layer built into the cloud. Now, COVID really accelerated that journey into a SASE architecture. Um, because as Lodic said, it's a, it's a framework where you have remote users, users anywhere, people in buildings and offices, etc., all connecting to, um, to the resources in the cloud. Now, what happened with COVID is everyone went home, right? And suddenly uh, organizations had to scramble to get all the users to work from home. And that really accelerated this whole remote access part of, of SASE. Um, also if you think about traditional networking, traditionally, we, we had traffic running from an office that originated from the office. It, <clears throat> it terminated in a data center where the applications were, and maybe some of that traffic went out to the Internet. Now, if you think about how traffic flows in our networks today, it flows the same path, really, from the office or the user to the data center, and everything goes to the internet because all the SaaS-based applications are located in the internet. So SASE really gets around that kind of tromboning effect or that complicated effect of having to go to a central place before you can get to that to the um, application, and and shortcuts it. So why shouldn't the user go from his you know from his office, always home, or where wherever he is, and access the application where it is? directly and sassy allows that and that's why we've built in such strong networking and security um, components into the sassy architecture um so i think yeah i think the journey of it has been fast-tracked because of of the likes of covid but also the way we work has changed so mm-hmm. so now um, you know coming back to the office we bring in that aspect of SD-WAN component, you know, um, a networking component directly into the SASE um, cloud uh, infrastructure. So you're connecting your offices now directly into the the SASE platform.
0: Padma, how mature is the SASE model in South Africa? How many organizations have deployed it? Is it still fairly in in its infancy phases still? Um, what, What are we seeing out there from a South African perspective? And are South African organizations behind or ahead of the curve in terms of deployment?
1: Look, I think from from a South African perspective, we always tend to be not the earliest adopters when it comes to to new technology and solutions. However, I can say that the majority of large organizations and majority of large clients that we engage with have either already adopted SASE, albeit in, in specific parts, are busy with some form of transition, or are at least investigating it. Um, What we see is that um, Gartner's actually predicted that 80% of organizations will have adopted SASE or at least some form of SASE, some components of of a SASE solution by 2025. And the the interest in the market is definitely there around SASE, the the opportunities that that there are around SASE, the capabilities that exist to, Deliver your your cloud-based security, bringing things like threat prevention, web filtering, sandboxing, etc., mm-hmm. all together, DLP, all into one place and, and a single centralized platform.
0: So, Lord Dick, do you can you as an organization do this on a bit by bit basis, or is it something that you need to kind of plan for as a as one big project? Um, Padma has just suggested that that some companies have. Implemented some components of of uh, of, of the Sassy model. Um, so, is it possible to do this on a sort of a piecemeal basis, or do you have to have an overarching strategic plan before you go down this route?
2: It's it's essentially a little bit of both. Um, the okay. the business definitely needs to have a strategic plan in place in terms of going the uh, the Sassy route. So, it starts with that vision that the organisation would have, but then. You know, definitely take it in little bite-sized chunks. Don't go and try and do a big bang approach in terms of deploying SASE in, into the entire organization. It is, um, it does come, it does come with its own complexities, but by, um, you know, by, by systematically rolling it out, you start with essentially, um, a smaller site. You roll it out, you roll specific, um, components of SASE out that make sense to the business requirements. Um, you build your security policies, you fine tune it, you test it, and then you roll it out further and further from that point onwards. Um, some organisations would be a little bit easier because they might have a lot, uh, you know, a lot fewer sites. Um, you know, a smaller user base. But some organizations might be multinationals. Um, you know, they might have branches out into Africa or out into the rest of the world where a much more systematic approach would make a lot more business scenes as well for the organization. Mm-hmm. And it does play a lot into the success rate of deploying a static uh, solution for organizations as well.
0: Okay. Padma, maybe take us through what... Um what the organization can expect when they embark on a, on a journey to SASE. Um, let's say I'm a retailer or a manufacturer and I'm fairly new to this concept, but I've, I like what it's, it potentially can do for my organization. What should organizations expect along that journey? What, what, what does this look like?
1: Um, so the first step I think is, is to really unpack where you are as an organization. And, and answering okay. those questions or answering that is, is divided into a few things. I mean, how far along your cloud journey are you? What are the expectations from the, the business internally, your, your digital transformation strategy, as well as your clients um, in terms of how you operate? Yeah, how, much of, how much of progress have you made? Um, you also need to look at what your expectations are from, from your workforce, and I think moving into a hybrid workplace, a lot of companies were forced by COVID. Some of them coming out of it have have taken an approach that that we're heading back to the offices. Others have, or the majority have gone. We are going into some sort of hybrid format, and and there have been those that have embraced the the remote working completely. So I think you know what you expect to do with your workforce both what you're doing now and what you want to do going forward makes play plays a role in it. And, and when you bring these, these elements together, you need to really say, okay, well, based on this, what do I need from, from my SASE journey? Which components do I need? What am I looking to, to achieve first? And, and from there, you start to say, okay, now I've assessed what my objectives are, what I aim to get out of sassy. Then you start looking at what is the gap? Let me stack my current capability, my current security architecture, my current network architecture against what I'm aiming to achieve. Um, once, once you've looked at that and you've gone, okay, this is this is where I'm strong, this is where I'm not, um, you then start to look at your vendors. Which partner do you want to take into this journey? Obviously, if you're looking to to deploy a SASE solution. Yourself within the organization. There's there's a massive skills requirement. There's um, significant planning. There's there's actually a lot of work that has to go into it between your networking mm-hmm. team and and your security team, which are or, and and these two teams are, are traditionally quite um, disparate. They they work in in isolation in in a lot of instances. But in selecting your your preferred provider when it comes to SASE, you need to look at how you want to actually have it land within the organization, what skills you have. And if you're looking for a partner that can actually take this over, once you have have that in place, it's about building, building your implementation plan and, and your roadmap. And depending whether you're going completely managed or not, um, working very closely with your selected partner to implement on it.
0: So it sounds to me like these projects can be quite complicated and, and you probably don't want to go, go into them without doing proper background research about why you're doing it and how you're going to do it. But Lordek, maybe take us through some of the complexities and challenges that companies should be aware of when they're considering SASE. So the...
2: There's a couple of things that, that, that's jumping to mind. Um, and I think in organizations, you will pro- potentially have legacy systems, right? Your, your traditional service uh, infrastructure, older infrastructure or applications that might not necessarily be immediately compatible with a SASE solution. The whole idea is that your application sits in a cloud environment. So if you have older infrastructure or older applications that you cannot easily enough virtualize and put it into a cloud, then that could potentially be, become a hindrance. Um, Padma did mention um, vendor selection as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that not all SASE solutions are created equal, um, and organizations will need to find one that fits their needs as well. Um, I think the other one, um, bandwidth requirements. Um, because obviously from now, users are going to be accessing the applications um, over the Internet. They're going to be having direct connectivity to the application sitting in the Cloud. Um, there needs to be um, thought put into um, all of the additional bandwidth requirement and the latency that could come with this um, as well. And Then I think uh, probably an important one is also employee training. Um, as okay. with any new system, there's obviously also a learning curve, not just for the users but for the i t staff at the end of the day as well, in terms of managing the operational size uh, side for for these kind of deployments.
0: Ross, let me bring you back in here um, what are What are the triggers that uh, if that's the right word that that, that um, typically start companies off on their SASE journeys and and what sort of projects are companies typically looking to implement using sassy?
3: So I think the main trigger or initiative that companies um, have started looking at is when they refresh their remote infrastructure, um, yeah. their remote access infrastructure. So how, how a hybrid user would connect should have you should have the same experience as how an office worker should connect, right? Um, so I think the catalyst really for SASE for us was, or well, certainly what we see in South Africa, is the first use case that. Uh, most of our customers adopt is um, Zero Trust Network Access or CTNA, and um, And then there's a whole lot of things that, you know, as we go through the, the evolution of of the journey with that customer, we add on things like SD, SD-WAN, like Next Generation KSB, um, <coughs> like secure web gateways, etc. cetera. <coughs> so that was, that's kind of the, the, the starting point. Um, I would say that Zero Trust Network Access is probably the biggest um, uh, a driver at this
0: point. Interesting, interesting. Well, Lordek, let's let's talk a bit about security and and ZTNA. Uh, I've heard the term before, um, but for, for those who don't know what Zero Trust Network Access is, how do you define it?
2: Yo, um very big question. Um, I think th- I think the the best way of describing it is a security framework requirement. For all users within an organization whether they on the inside of the organization or outside of the organization's network um, and for all of these users to be constantly authenticated authorized and continuously validated for security configurations and posture before being granted access to applications or data so if, if, if you if you think about your traditional VPN connection right you make a VPN connection to your organization. You have a username and a password. It authenticates you. And the moment you're authenticated, you get full access to all organization resources through that connection. Now, whether you're supposed to have access to it or not, you know that VPN connection can't control it. it. It doesn't have that context. It doesn't have that continuous validation of you as a user in terms of what those applications are that you are or not allowed to use. So zero trust is essentially, um, it, it assumes that there is no traditional network edge. In other words, your traditional connect, connection, your tri- traditional edge um, doesn't exist. Networks mm-hmm. can be local, they can be in the cloud. um, It can be a combination of hybrid um, with resources anywhere. So as long as the workers is in any location. Um, and I think, You know, if we start looking at how Zero Trust comes into the SASE conversation, um, they are separate, but in a way, they're also related to each other. Um, They're alike because they are both security frameworks, like we mentioned, um, that protect your network infrastructure from threats. But because SASE is built on Zero Trust, Zero Trust is a core component of SASE then. Mm-hmm. Um, S- SASE is designed to help organizations to embrace uh, the cloud and mobility by providing that network and network security for services um, from a common cloud-delivered architecture. Um, we're all seeing that convergence of networking and security um, where SASE then converges the networking and the security service into that one unified cloud delivery uh, solution. So instead of having all of these different point solutions, um, you know the different standalone components, we have that unified solution then that we can then provide. Um, every user that connects to the system is constantly verified, constantly authenticated um, to make sure that he only has access to the applications that he should have at that point of time.
0: Right, Ross, let me bring you back in here. Let's talk a bit, little bit about um, Palo Alto solutions and what Palo Alto uh, brings to the table. And you have something called the Prisma Suite. Uh, take us through that and w- what it is exactly and what it offers to the market.
3: Yes, yeah, so, so um, thanks. Like I explained to you earlier, SASE really is a, a framework and architecture. And in our portfolio, we have two components that make up that SASE um, solution or Prisma SASE. So, first component is Prisma Access. Um, that is for remote access, uh, remote users, and remote branch connectivity. And then the second portion of it is the Prisma SD WAN side, which is your SD WAN uh, component. Um, now, if we just start with Prisma Access, let me just give you a little bit of an idea on how we've built this service out, because it really is a service. Um, it's hosted uh, in over 100 locations globally. And that's growing, and we and we have built a, a, this platform on the back of the big cloud providers, um, GCP and AWS, um, or our cloud providers. So we we leverage their scale to be able to uh, uh, provide the service out to our customer base globally. Um, and then, if we, we're talking a little bit about the SD-WAN portion, so we have what we call second generation SD-WAN. Um, that is, is really application-based uh, routing. Uh, uh, SD WAN routing, so you, you, you route your traffic based on application instead of a port and IP address, which is traditional um, based on routing. Um, and with that, we can draw out a whole lot of analytics um, and um, and track and route traffic uh, based on metrics of the network. So, for instance, if one link is slower or is down, we would reroute tra- specific applications over a, a different link. Um, and like that's really a, from a, from a high level perspective. And what we've built over that is a visibility layer, which we call ADEM, which is uh, that stands for Autonomous Digital uh, Experience Management, and that really gives the, the operator the ability to see exactly what's happening in the network, whether it's from um, a CPE router or um, or someone working remotely in their home, all the way through to the application. Um, so, for instance, you can imagine. Uh, a call center gets a call um, uh, from Nordic saying my internet connection is slow and I can't access Office 365. You know, where do you start to troubleshoot that? So with the ADEM technology, it actually gives the operator the, the ability to look at the flow from his endpoint all the way to the application and then pinpoint places where, where there could be problems. And you'll find that nine out of ten times, the problem is in the person's house with their Wi-Fi router. So if you can eliminate those kind of you know problems early on, it gives you that um, a much higher customer satisfaction. It also the, the system also gives you hints to to look at like you know if your bandwidth is if you're over consuming bandwidth and you need to upgrade links to say in two days time. You're going to have to upgrade this link because you've got too much, you know, the, the, the network uh, traffic is, is growing. So these are the types of things that we've built into the solution. So Prisma Access with Prisma SD-WAN um, together forms our, our Prisma SASE um, platform, fuel.
0: Thank you. Um, Padma, I think uh, following on from that, if you don't mind, maybe take us through how Dimension Data then um, offers its managed network services offering on top of the or with the uh, solutions from Palo Alto Alto networks.
1: Sure. So from from a managed service perspective, we provide the the full team in order to, to monitor and respond to an implement all of the, the changes that, that would be required. It's, it's responding to all of your security um, alerts and, and, and requirements. I think one of the, the key benefits attached to this, I mean, I spoke about skills earlier. Um, with the managed service offering that, that we have, you have access to a large network of, of skilled engineers, both with security and network skills, on a 24/7 basis, a second key element of of the services is the AI and the automation. So the platform is is tailored; it's um, tuned to to monitor and manage SASE environments. Um, another key element of it is the the ability to create visibility in in your end to end network. So I think in in a lot of organizations, the, the requirement is always there. You know, how do I get a single pane, pane of glass? Especially when it comes to security, there are multiple different um, vendors, multiple different technologies that are deployed in an environment. And being able to bring um, your entire network security into one single um, Platform one single dashboard one single view is is very powerful to to users. Um, beyond that, I think what we offer clients from from a value proposition perspective is the ability to save costs by by deploying the um, the solution and and actually having the the resources sitting within NTT. You've got a, a flexible model. You get rid of the um, the hardware that that's typically on premise at, at various sites, and you also move into a consumption based space that that becomes far more flexible and, and cost effective.
0: Thank you, uh, Lordick. Just following up from from Padma's um, points there, here. I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine there are plenty of sassy offerings in the market, uh, plenty of choice for for, uh, clients out there. How, in your view, should companies be evaluating this wide range of offerings that are available in the market? And what are some of the things to consider when selecting a managed network services partner? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, there are a number of of offerings in the market, and I think – um Probably the most important one is working with the right partner right that that 's very important um it 's become more critical uh, um, as the importance of enterprise secu- uh, as as an enterprise's security posture has been elevated to the board level um you know these days it's not it 's not i t that 's driving security into organizations it's it's the board from a business perspective that that 's driving this so Um, IT should never become a driver of security within any organization. Um, Also, evaluating uh, managed network service provider partner options starts with probing into their operating scale you know how how big is the the partner that you're going to be partnering with what is their technical expertise that they have uh, what kind of resources do they have um and and the track record as an established market player um are you going to work with a regional partner only or are you going to work with a global partner that's got a substantial footprint in terms of people um and technology um around the world um th- and then I think, you know, if, if I, if I bring that back to, to NTT and, and Palo Alto, um, both organizations, two formidable industry players, uh, within the technology and the security space, um, you know, massive amounts of expertise and market presence agro- uh, across the globe, um, extensive resources to support, um, you know, these kind of deployments for organizations, no matter how small or how big they are, um, you know, coupled with entities, intelligence driven managed services, um, our secure by design platform approach. And then also um, Palo Alto's industry leading technologies and and the combined pool of of global sec- uh, security expertise. Um, th- those are some of the, the things that comes out to me in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, how it should be evaluated.
0: Ross, let me ask you uh, a similar question then from, from the Palo Alto uh, uh, perspective perspective. Um- Maybe just some views on your relationship with NTT and also what some of the advantages are of customers using NTT's managed uh, networks with Palo Alto's Prisma uh, SASE solution.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, I um, thinking back to your initial question, your first question to Padma is like, how long have we been partnering together? So, you know, locally, we've been partnering together for over 10 years. Um, we Together, we have some of the biggest enterprises on our books within um, sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and I think the value that Dimension Data really brings to the party is their ability to 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 scale, right? So the amount of uh, engineers and and tech centers that they have around the globe um, is certainly an advantage, and it really leads into what Lordy was saying: is like, are you are you locally based or do you have a global uh, footprint? Um, I think that's a that's a huge benefit for any customer. Um, and then you know, if I if I think about Palo Alto. Um, and specifically, the, the SASI solution. Remember, you must remember that this, this solution is built on our next generation firewall technology. So when I when I said that we have we have locations 100, 100 plus locations around the world, we actually have our our next generation firewall technology built into every single one of these locations. So what a customer experiences today on a uh, on a hardware based firewall that's in a data center. The experiences on uh, on Prisma Access or Prisma SASE. So the networking and the security aspects of the solution are very tightly uh, aligned. Um, and, and then if you add on things like like AI ops uh, and ADEM, this really brings value. And I think you know from a, a partnership perspective, taking a best of breed technology that is managed from a single pane of glass and a global network player that has the expertise it's a win-win situation
0: padma i'll ask you the the first question on this uh, podcast i'm going to ask you the final question on this podcast but guys feel free to jump in as well with your views what advice would you give to clients who are just starting out on a sassy journey what what uh, what are the top three things you would you would tell a new client who wants to go this route
1: I think I actually touched on it earlier going through the the process. I mean, what clients should be looking for when when they engage um, around SASE. But I think um, beyond that, looking at at some of the common pitfalls, I know Lodix mentioned some of it, so has Ross, but I, I think clients really need to make sure that when they're embarking on this journey, they're taking a holistic approach. And in selecting the technology, they need to make sure that, the technology selected, integrate well. The last thing you want is mm-hmm. your sassy solution to interfere with your network functionality or your network analytics capabilities or, or anything like that. So you need to have a solution that that integrates very well. Um, I, I think the, the the second piece of advice would be start off small. Pick, pick uh, a site, pick... Um, component test it make sure it's working well and then roll it out i think Lodix already said that from you know don't go big um the the third thing that i would say is um make sure that you've got a a very clear plan if if you look at when we position the the mns sassy offering we we follow a very comprehensive life cycle when it comes to our services it um you know we start off with with a consulting piece that that looks at assessing your readiness understanding exactly where you are we move into the design component that then brings both components together looks at um you know what your architecture has to look like um you you validate the design and and the blueprint through that we then go into uh, a bold phase. And, and in that bold phase, it's, it's how are we integrating the, the services, how are we migrating, et cetera. And, and then when you go operational, make sure that, that you're testing it. Um, the last component of, of our lifecycle is really around optimization. So it's not just about how do I deploy it. It's how do I make sure that I'm getting the maximum benefit out of the solution that I've deployed. Because that's one thing that we can say. Out of the clients that, that we have and we've seen, yes, a lot of our the the large corporates have already implemented SASE But are they seeing the maximum benefit of it yet? Probably not. So I, I think that those would be the the three pieces of advice I'd give anyone.
0: Any final thoughts uh, from your side Lord? Yeah I, I think I can probably add one one
2: additional item to what Badma just said. Um, I think organizations should remember that the journey to SASE is not just about technology. It's about aligning technology with business goals, enhancing your security, and then ultimately improving the user
0: experience. Fantastic. Guys, if uh, if uh, if anyone wants to learn more about the NTT dimension data offering, we will include a link to that on uh, the Tech Central article that goes with this video. And um, if you want to learn more about the Palo Alto, similarly, the Palo Alto Networks SASE solution will include a link to the Palo Alto Networks website as well. So do check that out. Padman Aydou leads the security practice at Dimension Data. Lordek McCarthy is senior security solutions architect in the Dimension Data Middle East and Africa business. And Ross Templeton is system engineering manager at Palo Alto Networks. Thank you so much, all three of you,
3: for, uh, for a fascinating conversation.
1: Thanks, Duncan. Thank, Thank you, you very much.